Welcome to This Here Wow, brought to you in part by Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. The Jen Schulte team, leading you home. This Here Wow is the podcast dedicated to highlighting entirely exceptional people, places, and things found right here, right under our noses in South Georgian Bay. I'm Dean Holland, the lucky so-and-so charged with the exceedingly pleasurable task of pulling that all together right here each week from the comfort of Studio 11. Okay, so picture this. You're on a boat. Let's say it's a, some sort of charted cruise. It's a beautiful day. You're out there with a bunch of family and friends, pre-COVID, I'm talking, of course. And all of a sudden, the weather turns. And not for the better. Your vessel starts taking on water. Now, with any luck, you've got a quick-thinking captain and maybe a good crew member or two. I mean, at this point, you're not looking to that captain with your fingers firmly crossed and hoping that he or she is going to say, uh, you know, I'd be only too happy to offer you a refund, give you your money back. No. You, anybody, me, we're all going to be looking to that captain and hoping that he or she has some alternate solutions regarding the dilemma at hand. And if the motor's not working and there's no wind to be found... We're too far out for any cell service. We've drifted into uncharted waters. And I spilled coffee on the entire dashboard of the ship. I think that about covers everything. Well, we're all really hoping that the captain is a creative, quick-thinking, determined type of individual. What we're all needing is, well, a, a bit of a MacGyver sort of person combined with maybe a little bit of Captain Kirk and even some Jessica Fletcher all rolled into one. We all need people like that in our lives. Those who don't run or bury their heads at the first sign of trouble. Ones that won't just throw their arms up and say, oh, well, that was pretty crappy, eh? We all need individuals who, as we're approaching uncharted and unpleasant territory, can keep their wits about them, offer solutions, stay calm, guide folks through the storm, giving it everything they've got, at least, to get everyone as safely as possible to the other side. We have people like that in our community right here in SGB. People who are helping others in weathering the storm that we've been in for a little over a year now. There's one in particular that's been on my brain lately. Probably about time I introduced you to her, eh? This here, this here, this here, wow! Erica Angus is someone who's been in my sights for a handful of years now. Back in 2013, she was brought on as the Executive Director of Theatre Collingwood. Now... As one who has worked as a professional entertainer for nearing three decades now, I can tell you that running a theater is in many ways like always operating a vessel in challenging waters. You've got to be skilled, inventive, and perhaps, above else, determined. Not an abundance of smooth sailing, really, got to tell you. And you can't be like Blackbeard or Long John Silver or any of those guys. You have to be a whole lot nicer. Erica is a whole lot nicer and possesses all of those other attributes I just mentioned. On top of that, she has this non-stop energy that is almost unparalleled. What she's not, to the best of my knowledge anyway, and something that you often find with people running theaters, is an actor type or an on-stage person. So I did have to ask the question. So I got to know, okay, so how the heck did you get into the theater game? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was very bizarre. Well, I've always, I've always uh, loved theater and done it in a, a very um, 
amateur sort of way. So like I, I always say to people the first time I, uh, well, I fell in love with theater because I was lucky. I lived in Toronto and my parents took me to theater and, uh, you know, even things like my mother loved figure skating. So she took me to ice capades all the time and all that sort of, so there was that, that uh, whole thing there, the love of the arts. And, um, uh, and my father was a lawyer in Toronto, so they had the money to be able to do those sort of things. So then when I was in elementary school, the uh, Jack and Jill magazine used to come out to kids okay. uh, in the schools or, uh, you know, to your home. And they would put out like four times a year a children's play in it, the script. And like ballsy me, I don't know, I was in like grade two or three and went to the teacher and said, I would like to direct this play. <laughs> and she encouraged me. And so I started, I would do every, every time the Jack and Jill play came out, I would, I would direct it. And uh, in my little childhood way. And then when I was in high school, I was in the drama club. And then when I went to college, I was in the drama club there and ended up doing sort of a semi-professional um, uh, gig with them as stage manager. So I was kind of, you know, getting all of that. And then uh, I took a complete turn. I, I left college because I, I got really involved in politics, to be honest with you. Then I, I, I was doing stuff with the student unions and I left college and I needed work. And so my sister was working at Mount Sinai Hospital and she said, well, we need a clerk here. So then I started working at the hospital just to make money. And, and, uh, and then I transferred up to the Richmond Hill Hospital and met my husband and got married and started having kids. So I always wanted to get back to theater. And I started, uh, I, I volunteered and then I was on the board for strolling youth players in, in Barrie, Joy, Joy uh, Thompson's uh, group. And then uh, I started volunteering for Theater by the Bay. And then I got hired by, the, and I ran their volunteer program and then got hired and worked on marketing. I, and my, I went to college for marketing administration. Okay. Yep. So then I uh, ended up getting hired as associate producer. And I would, it, a lot of it was timing because I was so lucky to meet Larissa Mayer and, and through Larissa, you know, Larissa had this dream of having this straight Shakespeare company in her hometown, but she also was a casting director in Toronto. So I met so many people from uh, that, from knowing her. And that's probably one of the biggest things is that, you know, I've got a pretty good, as John Eaton said to me, I've got a, I've got a great size Rolodex. <laughs> people that I've worked with and in those days you know we were doing tent theater we would put a, a, a tent up in the, the beginning of the summer as soon as you put the tent up people would want to buy tickets they'd just get so excited about the tent and we had some of the finest Shakespearean actors working for us so then I started you know I we developed a program to take Shakespeare called Shakespeare to the classroom and I ran that for several years and uh then it got to the point things were changing. Larissa had left Theater by the Bay. I'd worked there 10 years and uh, I needed to change. I needed to change really badly. But I was, <laughs> you know, in this business, if you're employed, there, there really is not too many people that are going to come to 
uh, Larissa Mayer's company and say, would you like to come and work for me or whatever? So I made the decision that I had to quit in order to, to move on. So, uh, I, and, and there was some crazy stuff going on. Scott Hurst had become artistic director and the board had just brutally sort of done stuff with, been difficult with him. And I didn't like that. So anyways, I, I left. And, um, and lo and behold, and it was Kwame, did you know Kwame Williams from, um, uh, he was the um, director of culture for uh, Barry. But he also, he was a musician. He was really instrumental in, um, in the founding of Queen West and the whole art scene. Okay, there. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, so we're, we became quite good friends. I worked on the build of the Mady Center, the Five Points mm-hmm. Theatre with him. And so he said to me, Eric, I have no doubt. Like I kind of said to him, what did I do? I gave up this job. I you know, this regular paying job that I had. And he said, I have no doubt you're going to get hired. Um, but what I suggest you, it's all about timing. So he said to me, what you need to do is schedule your days like you're going to work and book in to have coffee with people who believe in you and who understand the arts and just stay focused. And that's what I did. And it was really great advice. And then lo and behold, I got an email from Renee Cingolani. And she said, look at theater, Collingwood is looking, has this new position and I think you'd be perfect for it. And I think you should apply. And I reached out to them and they were pretty well done their hiring process. And they said, okay, we'll let you, we'll let you put an application in and went through the process and, and really ended up getting what I really believe is my dream job. Because for me, it's perfect. I, you know, it's, it's really where my skills lay is, is in programming, I think, and, and in fundraising. And, and so uh, it's been a total joy. Well, I got to tell you, my, I mean, my experience with you so often has been seeing you at work at, it seems that you've got about five balls in the air at any time. <laughs> And you're working on this thing and you're working on that thing and you're working on that thing. You seem to me to be a great organizer and you get up in front of the theater um, in the way that I used to when I was running, you know, when, when I was running the Gaiety. I know that the territory, you yeah. get up there and you're enthusiastic, you know, the territory. And this is what has made me so intrigued by you because you just have, <laughs> you have, you seem to have just always this energy and that you're going, going, going and you're finding things to try. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I think, you know what, I think it's working in something that you really love. And I, I really, and, and we have a terrific team. We have a great team and great board of directors. And, and uh, you know, the hardest thing right now, I, I'm very productive working from home, but I really miss having that energy of having people there. Valerie O'Brien, who's our development manager, just said to me the other day, oh, my gosh, I miss just being able to yell across the hall. Hey, what do you think of this idea? Okay, so now you know, if you didn't already, how and why Erica Angus has come to have such a strong connection and is such a valuable player in the world of theater. Now, there's more to my chat with Erica, namely how on earth one navigates through a storm known as COVID-19 with a ship called Live Entertainment and come out still afloat. We'll rejoin that chat in just a moment. But for your intermission pleasure, I'd like to take a moment to throw the spotlight on another star performer. 
And here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the stage the talented Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Perhaps you're on the lookout for a piece of property, a new residence, a new vista to see from your window, or perhaps you're needing to, to find something a bit bigger for your growing family. Maybe you, it's time to downsize. Maybe you want to buy a theater. Whatever the case, it seems to me that the person for you to reach out to is Jen Schulte. For 22 years now, Jen's been busy creating the rather impressive, top-producing Jen Schulte team right here in South Georgian Bay. She's another one with a seemingly endless supply of enthusiasm, experience, as well as an unwavering energy. And her team certainly reflects all of that as well. Jen plays a really big part in bringing this here wow to you each week. Something she does because of her love for South Georgian Bay, the community, as well as its various wows, of which there are many, gotta tell you. Both Jen and I know that South Georgian Bay is so very exceptional in so many ways. SGB, the place to be. So, if you're looking to build your wealth through real estate investing, or if you're looking to buy or sell anywhere in SGB, Jen and her team will help you sell smart and buy smarter. Guaranteed. You can find her on Facebook, Instagram, or go to jenschulteteam.com. Is here. Wow. So, in regards to COVID-19 and the idea that we're all in this together, while it certainly is true, the pandemic and its shutdowns have affected people very differently. On my street alone, I know of people whose day-to-day -day hasn't changed a whole lot, so they've told me. Others have indicated that they're actually busier than other years, doing better financially even. The world of live entertainment is definitely one of the sectors of our community that has seen a drastic change. Theaters simply cannot and have not operated since March of 2020. The work of someone like yours truly has all but disappeared, for the time being anyway. Keep in the faith, ladies and gentlemen, keep in the faith. So, when running a theater company, which already is a tricky business, and something like a pandemic comes along, what the heck do you do? There are a couple ways that we have survived this. And uh, one is that uh, the government wage subsidy and rent subsidy has been a huge, has really been instrumental in us, in us surviving through this. But then what we did was we knew, okay, we sold subscriptions for a five play summer theater subscription. So, I mean, I guess the first reaction was dealing with all of the artists that we deal with and dealing with contracts and, and uh, you know, we were all in the same boat. So we knew we had to postpone things and, and uh, sort of put a wait and see on everything. Um, but then what we did was we reached out to our subscribers and we basically said to them, uh, would you consider a few options. And one would be that we just hold your money and see where we land with this. We'll produce the shows when we can. Uh, the other would be that you uh, have it in your theater Collingwood account and next year or whenever you use it for whatever shows you want to do. Or the third option would be you donate it and you get a tax receipt. And I am telling you, Dean, it was unbelievable. The number of people that in, in the end, almost everyone donated their money back to the company. There was literally a handful of people who uh, either kept it as a, a, a 
credit in their account or asked for the, the money back. But most of them donated it to the company, which was huge. And then the other thing was we had sold advertising for our playbill that we hand out at shows. Yeah. And that was worth about $10,000. And we went to our corporate supporters who buy ads and uh, we said, okay, so we're going to put this as a, we're going to turn this into a commemorative uh, magazine online and we'll put your ads in there and we'll shoot it out to everyone. And, and, you know, would you keep your money with us? And again, we kept all, I think we kept about 85% of the advertising dollars that were, was in there, which was incredible. So, I mean, you know, that really speaks to the community and the corporate support and all of that. So um, we did that. We identified that we needed to um, downsize with our, uh, with our rent, with our, our space, because mm-hmm. at, at, in the beginning, we didn't have a, a rent subsidy. And so uh, we moved the office to a second floor space that was much more reasonably priced because, of course, we were thinking, okay, down the road, how can we afford this space? So we had to reduce costs. We kept everyone employed. It was very small staff, but we were able to keep everyone employed. And then we started a Facebook Live show and we improved our, our monthly or bi-monthly uh, newsletter and turned it into something that we were putting out every week and we were giving people at home ideas about entertainment that they could watch online or whatever. That was incredibly well received. And um, uh, we worked with a couple of our artists to do online performances, like performances that they were going to do for us on stage. They yeah. turned them into online production. So we actually did three online uh, events. So there was a lot of pivoting and a lot of learning. <laughs> a, word, a word that I rarely use prior to 2020. <laughs> yes, yeah. The two words of 2020 are pivoting and unprecedented. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I hope we never use them again. So, I mean, the other thing, Dean, is that we just kind of, I said, I don't want us to be really great at online. I don't want that to happen. I just want us to get back to where we have audiences, where they affect the outcome of the show by their energy that they give the artists, as you know. You know, a show is completely reflective of the energy that comes from the audience. And um, so that's, that's what we've done. And now we're, we're entering a stage where we are hoping to be able to dip our toe back into the live performance idea. And that's our Porchlight Festival that we're going to try to do in July. We're still waiting to see the, how, and how, how open. How will that work? Like, how do you see that working? Yeah. So it's, it, what we've done is we have gone out to homeowners in the, in the community. Um, I have this fixation with the beautiful historic homes of the region. You know, it's just such a magnificent uh, area. And so uh, we have found eight porches. And this all kind of came about because of um, the Toronto Musical Stage Company. And they did uh, a porch side uh, series last summer and I thought I was really fascinated by it and then Arkady Spivak of Talk is Free Theatre was doing some outdoor theatre in people's backyards he used my backyard for two shows 
And so I thought, okay, maybe there's a way to do this. So, so we've come up with eight performances that will be on these eight porches, but each, each show will be done three times. So in, in total, we'll have 24 performances that will happen over one month. And uh, the performers will be on the porch and the audience will sit on the lawn on their, in their own lawn chairs, which they'll bring with them, and they'll be socially distanced. And the audience is 25 people. So, um, you know, I think it's a, a way that people can feel safe. We've, we've really thought it out. We have a, a, what we're calling a health and safety ambassador, one person who's completely dedicated to making sure we have all our PPE and the people are positioned properly and the artist is, is safe. And, um, uh, you know, I'm just really hoping that we are in a state in our province where in July we can have 25 people outdoors. And if we can't, then we'll bump it to August. Uh, but, and the other thing is, is that 25 people, the tickets are $25. 25 people times $25 does not pay for a show. <laughs> we right. still need sound and all of those things. We, have to pay. we want to pay the artists. So um, I've done a lot of uh, grant writing and reaching out to, uh, along with our development manager, Valerie O'Brien, reached out to sponsors. We have each porch is sponsored by a company or an individual. And uh, that's how we're, how we're making it happen. So yeah, that's, that's what we're working on now. <laughs> In a nutshell, a big nutshell. <laughs> but, it's, but it's great because, you know, I mean, as, again, as a live entertainer, my last year has been wiped out, you know, as yeah. far as the, you know, the concerts, the MC work, the announcing, all of those things is gone. So it's so nice. Just always, every time I see you, you're working on something new and something engaging and something that's a little different. And that's what I admire about and I appreciate as, a, as an entertainer is that you're always out there. You're always trying to figure something out. Oh, thanks, Dean. And, and, you know, it's really important to me that we, because this was a, we could have just forgotten about this, this summer, but I know that artists are, are looking for work. I know that we need to start supporting the artists. And the other thing is, is that this year, although it's been very difficult, it has given us the time to think, you know, the one gift is the gift of time. And as a, as a, country and as a world we we've done a lot of thinking about accessibility and diversity and things such as this so this was another reason uh, you know we really have thought hard about the direction that we want to go with theater collingwood and a big part of that is to be inclusive and so we want to try to represent Every, I, I want people in the audience to have an opportunity to see themselves on the stage. So we've tried to make this a very diverse and inclusive festival. And, uh, and that's exciting. That's super exciting to me 
to uh, to embrace that. So it's it's a wide range. It's a wide range of performers and a wide range of of art forms. And yeah, so it's it's exciting. It's it's really exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's just the little crack in the door that <laughs> lets us continue to do more throughout the year. You know, I came to town in 2003 as the artistic and managing director of the Gaiety Theatre. That's what brought me and my family here. A big job, let me tell you. Two jobs, really. One artistic, one managing. I've often said that if I ever ventured into such territory again, it would be only with me handling things artistic with an exceptional manager by my side. I'm afraid I'm not capable of being both. And an Erica Angus is precisely the sort of person I'd want as my co-captain. She's definitely a wow, as far as I'm concerned. Another wee side note that I think is also a wow is the fact that she's a 30-plus year resident of Barrie. But based on the amount of time she has and continues to spend here in SGB, you'd really never know it. Whether she realizes it or not, she'll forever be part of the South Georgian Bay culture. For all the information you might be needing regarding Theatre Collingwood, including tickets and such for upcoming presentations, just go to theatrecollingwood.ca. I'll post the link to their website on the This Here Wow Facebook page. Oh, and a happy Mother's Day to Erica and all of you mothers out there, including my wife, Gail. And that brings me to the point in the program where I express sincere gratitude to my wonderful guest, Erica Angus. Thanks a ton for taking the time to be part of this week's episode of This Here Wow. I sincerely love the time we spent chatting. Love even more the incredible contribution that you've made to our SGB culture. We're all pretty lucky, you and I, to be able to be here in this rather exceptional landscape called South Georgian Bay, aren't we now? Yep, you know it. And of course, I'll have an entirely different wow or two to bring your way next week. There's no shortage of them here in SGB, I promise you that. Now, if you have any questions or comments, or perhaps there's a wow that you think should be on my radar, please send me an email. Dean at thisherewow.com will get the job done. You can also go to my website, deanholland.com. That's Dean, H-O-L-L-I-N.com. And I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much to the Jen Schulte team. Jen Schulte, real estate broker with Century 21 Millennium Inc. Brokerage. Go to jenschulteteam.com. Thanks also to my technical producer, Mr. Steve Ritchie, for cutting and pasting the show together so nicely. Thanks also to my favorite IT guy, Mitchell. Special thanks to Ash. Love to G. And a really big thanks to you, too. Oh, and if you haven't done so already, why not push the subscribe button and make sure you get this podcast each and every week. I look forward to us being together again next week for another installment of This Here Wow. Until then, I'm Dean Holland. This here, this here, this here.